1: Hello, and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Uh, excited for some uh, good times uh, this playoffs. It's been, uh, you, we, if nothing else, we've seen some awesome uh, LeBron James performances, which we're going to talk about in a minute,
2: but uh, yeah, yeah, things are good. How about you? It's good. Yeah, I've been enjoying the playoffs a lot. Um first round was incredible uh, that was one of my one of my favorite first rounds ever it just seemed like there was a lot of chaos going on yeah things kind of settled in the, the the semifinals, but these finals have been pretty nuts as well we're recording this on uh on sunday the 20th and uh yeah it's been a little back and forth cleveland's back in the series it's, it's, it's been fun it's been uh, it's interesting it's it's really firing up for a real good uh, uh semi a real good conference finals and then an, obviously a real good uh nba finals so it's it's NBA playoff time like yeah any you know it's pizza <laughs> it's like have you has there ever been a truly bad nba playoffs like ever where you're like well that playoffs don't click there's always something good in there yeah there's always something that you enjoy
1: like yeah it's a good point like even when it's not the best basketball it's still it's still basketball still the nba so it's uh you know it it would have to get to some pretty horrid depths for me to not enjoyed, at least in some level, but
2: yeah. Like, yeah, even last year when Golden State was kind of buzz to everybody, that was still fun. It was like, oh, okay, well, Golden State might not ever lose, Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Let's watch that. Like, yeah. So it's always good. I mean, the only one maybe, with a lone exception, is like, uh, there was that one Spurs run, I think, what, maybe 2005, where they just won every game, like, 73 to 68 or something well, like that. Yeah. And that was like... Yeah. But even then, that was like, there were close games. They were just, you know... Sure. You know, very,
1: it, very... Not, not the very best Spurs-y. ever, but yes. So... No. Well, uh... We're going to delve into uh, some some good and some bad in LeBron James's career, uh, some of his best games of his uh, playoffs career, some of his uh, worst games. Uh, we're going to uh, go by um, basketball references, a uh, game score metric in our list, although we're going to talk about some other uh, famous uh, and infamous ones as well. Um, But yeah, that'll uh, be a fun topic. There were some, there were ones that obviously were were pretty easily remembered here that were the most memorable uh, games in his career that are, you know, you see highlights all the time. They're talked about quite a bit, but there was some that like, I'd kind of just forgotten about, like that, you know, were a little bit out of the, um, out of the blue, so to speak. And uh, so it was a nice little jog down memory lane.
2: Yeah, and of course we're doing the, the bad games as well, and you know obviously we always do that. I think a few years ago we did like the Michael Jordan's worst playoff games or worst games thing or whatever. We yeah. always enjoy that too because it's a it's a fun little look. And uh yeah, one one of the conclusions you're going to come to, similar to what we did in the in the Jordan's worst games one, is that LeBron doesn't have a whole lot of bad games, so they really stick out the ones that are really bad. And even then, like some of the worst ones and and ones that are kind of historically regarded as like his worst games or the biggest playoff chokes or whatever, he still you know <laughs> the game score is still pretty good, and like he still obviously is contributing on many levels of of the game. Even even if it is a pretty bad performance for him relative, but like yeah, you know, some is, like one game is like he's got nine point seven rebounds and eight assists, and it's like oh, he's stunk. Yeah, like, it's like a Jason you Kidd know I mean? game. You know, So and that's like a normal Draymond Green game, and it's right. like awesome. Like Draymond Green's great, you know, it, but it's just like the the expectations obviously for a guy like a LeBron is that yeah, like a near triple double is just not going to do it, buddy. Right, you know, it's just it's not nearly good enough. So it's kind of fun to look at that as well. So we look at the best, we look at the worst, and we look at uh, also some comparisons of where he ranks uh, playoff wise. Uh, among other uh, all-time great players too. So
1: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we'll start with the best games. Uh, the first one is from uh, 2009, uh, May 20th. It is Game One in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Cavs battling the Magic, and uh, LeBron 49 points on. Uh, on 7-12, two shooting percentage, six rebounds, eight assists, three blocks, only two turnovers. And uh, this actually came in a loss, though. It was 107-106. to uh, 106. Uh, Rashard Lewis actually made a, a three-pointer to uh, seal the game. This was Cleveland's first loss of the uh, playoffs uh, in that year after they swept the, the earlier two series. And only their third loss in 46 home games uh, that season. So that's uh, obviously pretty incredible. At the end, uh, Cleveland failed to score on some shots by Delonte West and uh, Mo Williams. LeBron James that infamous uh, supporting cast that he had in uh,
2: 2009. <laughs> that team was so good too, and like the, everybody else just stunk. Like you, right there, you said key shots by Delonte West and Mo Williams. But yeah, that team was a dynamo, man. I mean, that team was having a lot of fun, and that that felt like you, you know, and, and particularly in this series, was like the last little gasp of air for the, the Cleveland. And obviously, they come back the next year. We'll talk about that that next year, and they were still very good the next year. Yeah. But this was like, oh my god, these guys are awesome. They're having fun. They're you know just cruising up and down the court. Like this was the year for Cleveland Cavaliers, and then they met Hito Turkoglu and Richard Lewis and all the uh, Dwight Howard and these Magic, but uh, yeah, and this was one of those games too, I remember, I mean, LeBron was as good as you can be, I mean, literally his best game, and they still lost, it was like he gave, a, 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 you know, one of his best efforts ever, and it was just still not enough, and it really kind of was a preview for what was going to come in the series.
1: Yeah, I feel like those early Cavs, like, they actually, by this point, they were you know, they they had built a really good team of role players around LeBron that were pretty like complimentary Mm -hmm. for what he should be doing. They actually had some shooting. They had you know, they had you know, Vergau doing the rookie, you know, stuff like that. They actually had built a fairly smart team around LeBron, but it was still a bunch of role players around LeBron and like, you know, when everyone in the playoffs, when everyone's king around LeBron, you know, the other guys just, you know, weren't quite good enough to deliver. And, and you know, they were very close in certain situations. I mean, you know, this this Magic series went only 6 games, but, you know, it was a relatively close series for the most part. You know, it was it wasn't like uh, they were that far off from, you know, making the finals or winning a championship. It was just like it was like one of those things where yeah, it was like actually smartly constructed team, it just like the talent wasn't quite good enough around him
2: yeah if you look at the the position of this team and, and and like you're saying that sort of era to what we have today I mean this team was filled with like three-point shooters too which is kind of weird yeah. in this era where it wasn't as dependent but you had a guy like a Damon Jones who would just his only job was sit in the corner and when LeBron gets double and triple teamed I'm gonna pass it out to Damon Jones or whatever but like yeah that becomes an issue <laughs> in the playoffs when you're like you're relying on your Damon Jones your Delonte West your Mo Williams and that sort of yeah. things but yeah it was a really well like you said a very well-constructed team a team that seemed like they had everything going and and it constructed itself pretty well around lebron it wasn't you know it, it, yeah they're they're just a really interesting team and yeah i really wish they would have made you know an nba finals just to kind of see how they would have fared and and see how you know historically things would have went for for lebron in that first uh, run in cleveland but yeah i mean this one uh really really fun team really good team but yeah just ultimately uh the magic were just better Right.
1: Yes. Uh, Dwight Howard had 30 and 13 in this game. Uh, in fact, he uh, had a a very thunderous a slam dunk that caused the shot clock to fall backwards. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he did Turgaloo had 15 points and 14 assists. I, I can't imagine Turgaloo passing that much, but uh, I guess he just he was
2: feeling it that day. I guess when the ball gets ripped out of your hands and someone picks it up, I guess they sometimes start calling those just assists. Yeah, <laughs> that seems that seems the only logical way that Hido Turgulu had 14. No, he was amazing in that series. I don't. He understand. was really good. Like, yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Lewis was really series. good too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Rashard Lewis missed like one shot the entire series. <laughs> right. It's some ridiculous number. We sure. we at one point have looked it up. I think one time we did a a, a run of numbers the magic in this series and it was like you know, michael petris had like you know shot like 95% from the field right. it was just just unbelievable yeah. the magic's performance this entire series absolutely
1: so um yeah so so cleveland of course as we um this is not the game where uh, lebron of course it was not the the game where he had the uh, famous uh uh, game winning three. That was game two of the series. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. But uh, after Cleveland salvage split at home, the Magic won game three and four in Orlando. Game two, four was only won by two points. Uh, then Cleveland won game five uh, by 10 at home, but then lost in game six uh, in Orlando by 13 points. Uh, Dwight had 40 and 14 in that game. Uh, people remembering uh, Dwight Howard coming up from big games. It was a long time ago, but he used to do that. Um, and yeah, like I said Magic surprised a lot of people by winning the series, and though in retrospect, you know, it was kind of demonstrated as we talked about that despite having 66 wins, the Cavs didn't really have much reliable in the playoffs beyond LeBron and, you know, the Magic were ahead of the ter- ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, having a pace and space style that was, you know, really going to uh take over the league. Obviously the Suns had already certainly played that way, but you know, it was evolving even beyond that.
2: Yeah, and if I remember correctly, this Orlando team had a lot of length too, almost similar to you know what what you know today's Golden State Warriors and that kind of what everybody's going for, like everybody be 68 type thing. Right. And that's sort of, I mean, you had like Hedo Turkoglu playing like shooting guard, and so you know what I mean. Sure. Like it was it was a very well balanced team. Obviously, they still had you know some true positions in terms of Dwight Howard, you know, feeding him down low or whatnot. But but he at that point was still really good at doing kind of the the, the pick and roll, and then he later started to not only you know want to get the ball in the block and that's kind of, and then you know obviously became a, a turd that nobody likes now, which is kind of the Dwight Howard thing. But we liked him at the time. Time. and he was very good at this time but no he was an awesome rim protector uh, awesome at the pick and roll and they just had yeah a team of shooters uh, a team of, of of quick guys that could get up and down the court and the guys that could guard almost every position as well i mean there was a lot of dudes that could guard almost any position on the floor as well so it's just uh, it was it is a team that was a little bit of a peek into the future of what would kind of become uh pretty prominent in the nba
1: so uh 11 days earlier uh in uh Game three against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference, uh, second round, uh, LeBron had his, what is considered his second best, uh, playoff performance according to, uh, to game score, uh, 47 points on 733 three two shooting percentage, uh, 12 rebounds, eight assists, just one turnover. It, this was in a 6782 win, uh, and it was the, um, Cavs seventh straight, uh, playoff double-digit win which set a playoff record and that would extend to eight in the next game as it was a four-game sweep and the Cavs won that game by uh, 10 points so um and after the game LeBron said that uh, there's only a few guys in this league that can get into his zone like that and I'm blessed to have the ability to be one of those guys you you just feel like you can make pretty much every shot you take uh in fact he normally rested uh during a uh in a few minutes early in the uh, fourth quarter, but he actually asked to uh, stay in the game heading into the final period. And coach Mike Brown was not about to disagree. And he just kept, uh, he just kept making shots. Um, and there was also a, uh, a overzealous Atlanta fan near the court who kept, uh, Jawing, and I promise it wasn't me who was uh, jawing with. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna, That was my next question, is Jason. <laughs> Do you have something to tell us? No. With Le- LeBron, uh, but LeBron uh, kept uh, making shots. His quote was, A gentleman over there decided to talk back with me. It's happened in the past. It usually doesn't work out good for the other team. So, not a lot <laughs> notable about the uh, Hawks here. They were pretty much uh, outclassed through the entire uh, series, uh, as it, w- it would happen in a four game sweep in which uh, the Cavs won uh, by double digits every game. Uh, but yeah, this is another uh, awesome game by LeBron
2: here. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, 2016. This is Game Six of the NBA Finals versus the Warriors. LeBron has 41 points on a uh, 67.2 true shooting percentage, eight rebounds, eleven assists, four steals, three blocks, and only one turnover. Uh, this is a famous game, of course, because Cleveland won uh, at home, 115 to 101, to tie the series after going down three-one. The famous, you know, down three-one comeback. Uh, this was tying the series. This came after a 41-16-7 three-and-three game. In Golden State, Kyrie Irving also scored 41 in that game. That was the game five, um, and then that was the game without Draymond Green. He got suspended. I forget what the hell he did. He did, did he hit someone in the nuts again? Yeah, I'm sure it, it was LeBron it was. Okay. actually he hit the nuts. Oh yeah, so. right, right, right. Yeah. I was <laughs> I just assume he hit somebody in the nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I mean that seems like the the obvious uh, Draymond Green suspension thing is, is is that. So yeah, that's when he was uh, that was the year where he was just hitting everybody in the nuts like, yeah. all the time. People were like, "All right, dude, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> you have to stop doing that." And yes. I was like, "I don't know what I'm doing. I think it wasn't he was just like I can't I don't know, what just It's like no, you can't. You have to stop doing that. Yeah. You have to stop hitting people in the nuts. You cannot keep doing that. But uh, James was the uh, first player to have consecutive uh, 40-point games in the finals since uh, Shaquille O'Neal in 2000. His former Cavs teammate Shaquille O'Neal, of course. Uh, Who can forget the (laughs) Cavs run that we had? Um, So this is obviously a little uh, from the uh, NBA.com game score. The two-time champion had a hand in 27 consecutive points and 35 of 36 during a stretch in the second half and put away the Warriors after they had trimmed a 24-point deficit uh, to seven, James scored seventeen in the fourth uh, before checking out to a Thunder salvation in the final minutes as Cleveland fans chanted "Cavs in 7 and "See you Sunday." Uh, in this game, Steph Curry also got tossed with uh, four minutes and twenty-two seconds left after he was called for his sixth personal foul. He cursed several times at an official, fired his mouthpiece in front of a row and, sh- uh, into, the row and sh- uh, into the first row and struck a fan. I remember that as well. This was, uh, yeah. this was a so weird, w- like uncharacteristic unraveling from the Warriors. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was certainly a yeah. lot of stuff building up. Dream on getting suspended and 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 Steph tossing his his mouthpiece of the crowd so yeah
1: i think that actually hit one of the caps co-owners um, if i remember <laughs> correctly and um and that was also when uh when steph's wife uh tweeted about the uh about it being rigged and uh yeah that was that was nuts that whole thing that, that, that series I mean, man that series is yeah, incredible. yeah that, was that was incredible yeah i mean that's that's gonna be it's gonna be hard to top that again, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of just just the the amazing things that happened in that series, uh, and you know, and obviously them, we've had two of those in recent times with the you know uh, the first Heat Spurs series as well. I mean, we've had two of the most amazing basketball series that you know I, I can uh, ever recall happening, you know, within just a, a couple of years time. It's gonna, uh, ho- you know, I'm, I'm sure at some point we're gonna get some great stuff like that, but that's you know pretty remarkable that we've been able to uh you know live
2: through that right and then you know game seven was obviously a boring affair with nothing really important oh wait no <laughs> sure.
1: it was like one of the greatest games ever <laughs> it was incredible yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. serious a lot of missed shots down the stretch but the the excitement intensity was exactly there. yeah the one of those ones a- execution
2: that, like, not quite as much uh, right yes, right so. right it was kind of a yeah. lot of people failing miserably but it, it's fine like that that right. kind of works pretty well in in, in terms yeah. of the context of, of kind of a final fun game so that yeah, was uh, sure
1: yeah well. it, it lots of drama and big moments obviously right so. absolutely yes so, uh, next one is uh, also very recently from uh, May 3rd, uh, 2018. And uh, it is uh, game two against the Raptors in oh, the Eastern the Conference wounds. The second
2: round. <laughs> the woods are still. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're still, tender, they're still yeah. fresh. So, I'm not going
1: <laughs> to dig in too deeply. But uh, I will mention uh, 43 points on uh, on 696 true shooting, eight rebounds, 14 assists, only one turnover. And this was the first uh, 40 point, 14 assist playoff game in NBA history. And uh, this was Cleveland's second straight win on the road. It was 128 to 110. This was coming one game after LeBron had his now famous running one handed banked in game winner in uh, game one. One of the weirdest uh, buzzer beaters uh, in uh, Le- both LeBron's uh, history and in really NBA history. Uh, and I think really the thing that stood out to me in this game and, and really. These total playoffs is just the degree of difficulty both of LeBron's shots and passes. I mean, in this game, he was just making fadeaway jumper after fadeaway jumper in the game. And that's obviously, you know... um Unusual for LeBron. I mean, he's obviously a great offensive player and and certainly can make a lot of clutch shots, but obviously you're not going to see that all the time. But but he's demonstrated that a lot, both in that and and really in his passing of just like threading the needle. I mean, he's always been a great passer, but it just feels like um, he's even gotten better at that aspect of his game as he's gotten older.
2: Yeah, and I remember in this series, particular in this game, in particular, I should say, where it was, it felt like he was just like trying shots, like, see, uh, let me try this, or, like, let's see, like, and the Raptors were playing good defense. There was just, like literally nothing you could do. They knew what it was coming. They knew he was trying a shot, and like, yeah, he just hit everything. And like you said, yeah, the passing was just so incredible in this uh, the Raptors series. And obviously, it's fresh in the mind, so we're, we're talking about it as you know, as we had seen it because it's only happened you know um, a few weeks ago. But yeah, this was an incredible series, and 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 what I remember as being an incredible game, like one of those ones that you feel like you're not going to get that many more of these left in LeBron's career but he keeps doing them. So you're not really sure. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm at a point where I'm just not going to assume that LeBron's done until like he's actually done. Cause it's just, you know, you don't think you would still get these at, you know, whatever he is what 35, I think now, um,
1: but, yeah, no, I think 33, but, or 33, but he's right, been around but, so long. It, it right,
2: yeah, like I mean, right. God, yeah, yeah. So like, I, was, I remember I it's in high school, and he's in, you know, graduated college, I moved on, I've gotten. it's just inc- crazy what's happened you know, in my life, in his career or whatnot, but yeah, I mean, this is like one of those rare performances that, that you know, I, I say rare performances, but they're really not, I mean, sometimes they, they just happen a lot, but yeah, it was just incredible to watch him just do whatever he wanted on the basketball court, he just was in complete control of the game.
1: Yeah, and it's just, yeah, you wonder how long it will last just because of the age and the stage of his career that he is in. I mean, he's going to be, I think, still a very good player for a long time. Is he going to be this great for, you know, like. Still, arguably the greatest player in another couple of years. You know, we'll kind of see how that goes. And a lot of it will, of course, depend on you know what situation he ends up being in after this season, and and so forth. You know, what kind of role he has on that team, whether it's he stays in Cleveland or whether he joins a super team somewhere else or forms one somewhere else or whatever. But um, yeah, definitely, I think the lesson of this show is, uh, as we've said, I think many times, appreciate LeBron for what we have right now because it's like I said, it's among the most amazing basketball that's ever been played in the history of the game yeah <laughs> um so the uh the next uh next game is uh, also from 2018 april uh 18th it was a uh, game two against the pacers in the first round uh 46 points on uh 774 true shooting 12 rebounds five assists three steals or, excuse me two steals three turnovers hey, you know uh but yeah that uh, oh, slight negative but uh yeah he um this was in a 197 win. It came after the Cavs lost er, lost Game 1, uh, and this was the first time that LeBron, LeBron had lost a Game 1 in the first round f- for the first time in his career. So um, he had never lost a Game 1 in the first round before uh, this time. Uh, and this, I think, was a tougher-than-expected series for a lot of people. I mean, the Cavs... Um, They had had their struggles in the regular season, but they'd had some struggles in previous regular seasons and then kind of ran through the playoffs. And, uh, of course, it's been weird this year because they had – a tough time getting past the uh, Pacers but and then really easy time getting past the Raptors and struggled early against the uh, Celtics were in the midst of that series so we don't know how that will uh, turn out but um so it's just been kind of a uh, unexpected and how it's worked out and in fact 5 games in this series were decided by 4 points or less the Pacers uh, uh, won the other two games uh, 98 to 80s and 121 to 87 so they destroyed the Cavs in the point differential but the Cavs won the series by uh their four games they won by a total of just 14 points so uh and um this was not the game where um LeBron hit his uh now famous game winning three at the uh, buzzer that evoked his 2009 shot against Orlando that was uh game five of the series we, we'll get into a little bit more about that there but uh from the recap of the game uh LeBron scored the game's first 16 points at 29 and halftime, time and just basically uh you know, came on uh early and they were able to you know hold off the um Pacers down the stretch, uh, Oladipo missed a, a three-pointer that you know could have uh, tied the game and changed the series, but uh, but the Cavs were able to pull it out.
2: Yeah, we'll move on to our next game here. This is uh, game four of the, um, I'm trying to remember if I went to this game or I went, to, I went to one game in the series. I don't recall which one it was, but I don't know, LeBron uh, definitely died in <laughs> one of these games. It was uh, April 25th, 2010, game four versus the Bulls in the Easter Conference uh, first round. Um, you know, I think this, I'm looking at this game, I think this was the one I went to. Yeah, that was... Um, that was, it was unique. It was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was a guy who like, you know, I was obviously a Bulls fan, but I was kind of there being like, yeah, you know, pretty cool watching LeBron dominate my team. So, uh, and he did dominate 37 points on, uh, 86.4 true shooting percentage, 86.4 true shooting, uh, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, only two turnovers. Um, LeBron led, uh, the Cavs in that game in points, rebounds and assists, as he is wont to do many times. Uh, and this was a game four win, 121 uh, 98, uh, in this is a five game sweep or uh, five game gentleman sweep, I should say um by the Cavaliers in this uh Eastern Conference uh, first round this was the uh the Cavs were the one seed this time the Chicago was the scrappy 8 seed Bulls um and this uh, this was obviously LeBron's first time owning the Bulls but would definitely not be the last we'll get to a few more of those as, as we go on but yeah he uh, he made a quick work of the Bulls in many uh, subsequent years both in Cleveland and in Miami so this is kind of the first one uh but from the game uh, recap here LeBron had a terrific game with a triple double but he really set the tone defensively this is uh head coach Mike Brown said uh he was terrific for us on the weak side. He was great on the ball. He talked defense the whole game. This is who we are and this is who we want to be, especially at this time of the year. Uh Joe Kim Noah, not that impressed. He's a very good player. <laughs> That's all he said. So that was good. Uh and Noah was awesome in this game. He had 21 and 20. Uh, so this was a really good performance from him. Uh, but yeah, this was kind of an upstart Bulls team. They would obviously next year, you know, get kind of retooled Derek Rose to take the next step, win the MVP but LeBron would still, you know, defeat them in the playoffs, but, uh, yeah, this is kind of a scrappy Bulls team that, uh, wasn't quite there yet, but would start getting there, and the, uh, LeBron, they were, uh, they were a the pretty good-looking team for right now, but, um, they would, we'll talk about them this, uh, this year in a little bit, it's obviously the 2010, uh, Cavaliers, things would go a little bit different by the end of the year here, and, uh, yeah, obviously, LeBron, the next time he'd be beating the Bulls, he'd be on a different team, but, uh, yeah, here's the, there's that one, and, and, of course, the first time he, he shows the Bulls that he is the man and <laughs> that they will never beat him. So a uh, good one. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this. This is absolutely the game that I went to. So it's a pretty fun game uh, to go to. Uh,
1: it's interesting that all of these games so far that we've discussed have
2: been LeBron on the Cavs, but but this is the, fir- the first
1: one. Uh, his highest ranking here as a member of the Heat is um, Game 4 versus the Nets in uh, 2014 in the Eastern Conference second round. This is from May 12th. And it's kind of hard to remember now since the the Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Nets era is largely remembered as, you know, a disaster that gutted the team because of so many draft picks being uh, sent out in those trades. But there was actually some fear at the time that the Nets could challenge the Heat. Uh, the Nets had swept the season series that year, and they had a really rough start to the season, but they actually did play well uh, for the second half of the season, kind of found something that, that worked for them. And... Um, and, and actually the the series it was only a uh it was only a 5 game series but the nets actually kept it fairly close uh, they did take uh, game 3 but in in game 4 lebron came back with a uh, another incredible stat line obviously 49 points on a 757 true shooting 6 rebounds 3 steals only one turnover and um from the uh NBA.com recap. He uh shot 16 of 24 the, from from the field and dominated the nets whether it was, you know, operating out of the post, driving to the rim, or pulling up from behind the arc. And I I think this game is a real good showcase of LeBron expanding his versatility um while in Miami. I mean, um he was and he he talked about that and just he was able to, you know, be more efficient, be able to, you know, develop more of a post game, become a better three-point shooter and it, it felt like he kind of had room to do that since he didn't always have to be the guy counted on to, you know, really deliver, make every shot and deliver on every big moment. He could, when he, when he needed to or when he wanted to, step back and, you know, they had Wade and uh, Bosch, you know, to take over at certain points as well. So I, I think that, you know, it allows for a situation where you can develop your game in other ways and be more complete by doing that. And LeBron obviously was you know already an outstanding player, but, you know, he just... I added some key pieces to his game that I think have served him as he's gotten older and, you know, his athleticism isn't isn't quite what it was. Obviously, the first time around in Cleveland, he obviously is still extremely supremely athletic, but he's able to, you know, expand his versatility and expand his depth as he's, you know, uh, going forward.
2: Yeah, and if I remember, I mean, this is at a time too with the, with this Heat team, and, and a few years prior as well. I think 2013 was a year where he was just like crazy efficient, where it wasn't like he had to take 30 shots a game or whatever, like he did in Cleveland. We're talking about a lot of those big time Cleveland games where he had to do everything, had to be the guy that scored every time, had to you know put up every shot or whatever. A lot of the Miami stuff was was him able to be a super efficient shooter. You know, he only shooting you know 15 times a game or whatever, you know, make 13 of them, and then like affect the game in so many other different ways, particularly on defense, uh, where he was just incredible throughout the, almost the entire Miami uh, tenure. So yeah, like a lot of Miami games. Don't pop up here, and that's probably by design. You know, he doesn't want to have to score 50 points and 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 do everything in the game, and that's what made Miami so successful is that they had so many guys that LeBron could sort of take on that role of a guy who could do just a little bit of everything and be great at that, which is what he probably excels at even more uh, than being a a dominant scorer. But you know, obviously he's he's great at being a dominant scorer too. But yeah, so you see the kind of difference there uh, with a lot of Cleveland games, a lot of those early Cleveland games popping up first, uh, and then more recent Cleveland games, you know, coming up obviously now uh, versus you know Miami and. even his first tenure back in, or his second tenure, uh, the first few years back in Cleveland, where he was able to, you know, lean a little bit on Kyrie, lean a little bit more on Kevin Love. And now he sort of again had to kind of take over that role uh, again. So we're seeing kind of the gaudy big numbers again, where, you know, they, those don't jump out when he's at Miami sure yeah exactly yeah and this game was uh, close you
1: know the nets were were you know, pretty close in the series chris bosh actually made a tie breaking three pointer in the final minute and then uh, ray allen and james were able to clinch the games with the th- free throws and, uh, and and game 5 would be tied as well miami would um uh, wrap it up with a 9694 uh, so again uh it's kind of uh i they did stick together for another year i believe but uh, yeah, this was a, a a sad coda to the uh to, to the KG Pierce era and it was uh another uh a- after you know which we we'll talk about in 2010 after you know Le- LeBron was You know, left Cleveland after, you know, not being able to beat the Celtics. He finally was able to kind of own those guys uh, once he made it into uh, Miami, although they certainly gave him a tough time from uh, at, at times.
2: Yeah, and this not seem like you said, there, there is some you know, if people kind of think it was an absolute disaster I mean, they won nearly 50 games one year, I think they won 49 you know, they came back and, and made okay playoff runs, made it to the semis in this year Yeah, it wasn't a complete disaster, I mean, it was it's still obviously a, an unmitigated right. disaster, but at least there were some highs, and there was a, a point where it was like, oh, this team might actually might actually do some stuff, and yeah, obviously they did, not they had a big upset I think uh, that first year, uh, the Bulls upset them in the playoffs, and they were a pretty good team, and looked like they had a, a, a case to, you know, really make maybe even a, a, an Eastern Conference Finals run or whatever, but yeah, it just uh, wasn't a complete an utter disaster it's just you know in retrospect well, it, it it kind of is but you know yeah, at the time right. it was okay for a few yeah. years that it you know now it's this whatever this yes, is now it's <laughs> this. So, whatever this is <laughs> so whatever this is
1: um yes so next we have uh from uh June 13th 2016 uh game 5 versus the warriors in the final we already uh, discussed it a bit above but worth restating that LeBron had a 41-16-7, 3-3 game on 6 six twelve true shooting percentage in a must-win game on the road against a 73-win team. And he'd also managed to go to the Warriors' best defensive player into getting a technical that led to a suspension the previous game. So, uh, master strategy uh, there. And uh, as LeBron and Kyrie Irving both had 41 points and they became the first teammates to score 40 points in an NBA Finals game, which is pretty good.
2: Absolutely. Uh Next game we have here is uh, April 29, 2018. Very recent here. Game 7 versus the Pacers. We mentioned the series a little bit. Uh, LeBron has 45 points in this game. 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 4 turnovers. Game 7. Uh, and this looks like a game, uh, where it looked like he was gonna have to play 48 minutes before he cramped up in the third quarter, but the Cavs were able to deliver a big run without him, so that was good. Uh, George Hill, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson all came out. Tristan Thompson in particular, who had really not been doing much at all this playoff series, including not playing all that much, uh, kind of showed up and, and, and sort of redefined, uh, their season maybe, and maybe kind of saved their season a little bit. Uh, they obviously wouldn't have been in the game if it weren't for LeBron's heroics, but, uh, and he came back and he was able to hold the, uh, the Pacers at bay. So they were able to, you know, fend off the Pacers and what would have been, a, a complete, I mean, I mean, I cannot imagine the takes that would have happened if they lost to the Pacers on the first round here. But, uh, yeah, it's it's it was definitely a fascinating series. But, yeah, the the Cavs stepped up uh, and did some good work. And, and, yeah, it was kind of the role players, the guys that, that hadn't done a whole lot uh, in terms of George Hill, Tristan Thompson, and then obviously Kevin Love, a guy who was relied upon a little bit to to to, to kind of make up for LeBron's, uh, you know, he was out for a little bit, make up for what he did. But, yeah, LeBron still is a big reason why they even got to this point. And then, of course, he, you know, cramps up and has issues and, da, 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 and he scores 45 points you know and he rebounds and seven assists because because he's LeBron so you know he's pretty good so that's uh, pretty funny there but yeah they uh, step off the uh, uh the Pacers do not lose in the first round and move on to uh face the Raptors where they destroy them and then we smed we're kind of in the midst of the Cavaliers uh, uh, uh Celtics series right now so we don't know how that's gonna go but we'll see we'll be we we'll see so um May 3rd, uh,
1: 2006, uh, going back to uh, LeBron's first playoff series, a game five against the Wizards in the Eastern Conference first round. This was uh, the Cavs' first playoff appearance in 1998, uh, four or five seed here. Uh, and the Cavs uh, won this game 121 to 120. In fact, it was one of three games in the series that the Cavs won by only one point. Um, you know, the Cavs uh, and Wizards had what I would uh, say was a rivalry using air quotes with my fingers, but. Um, You know, during the mid 2000s. In general, it was pretty one sided, but this definitely, you know, was a competitive series. And LeBron's line in this game 45 points on 728 true shooting, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, four turnovers, but, uh, but that's only a minor uh, negative. Uh, Gilbert Arenas uh, also was great in this game and in the series. 44 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 turnovers. And there were lots of big shots in this series. Uh, in Game 3, LeBron hit a game-winner over Michael Ruffin with 5.7 seconds left. And in this game, he hit a, uh, another game-winner from the baseline with uh, 0.9 seconds left. Not technically a buzzer beater, but it was, uh, it was very close to one, obviously, game-winner there. Uh, and then for the Wizards, uh, Game 6... Um, arenas uh forced overtime with a three from 32 feet with just 2.3 seconds left and then overtime damon jones hit the series winning shot with uh, 4.8 seconds left so uh some great stuff here this is kind of something i i remember this series kind of vaguely but i'd forgotten just how competitive and how tough and lebron hitting two big game winning shots and i i feel like man, i could be misremembering this but i feel like this is the same series where um LeBron was criticized for, like, instead of taking the shot, he, you know, passed, like, Daniel Marshall, and then Daniel Marshall missed the shot. It it, it may not have been this series, but it was definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, this playoffs or the next playoffs where it was just, like, um, I don't know, we were so stupid about how we talked about LeBron for a long time. I mean, you know, people still kind of are, but it was really, really bad early on, and he, like, delivered, like, even in clutch moments very early on in his career.
2: Yeah, it's always, yeah, and it's always been an issue with me, and it's a big reason why I've been, you know, obviously living in Chicago particularly. <laughs> it's even more grating when it's like, ah, eh, Michael Jordan wouldn't pass the ball, and I'm like, no, he he, I mean came (laughs) 1993 and 1997 okay alright that's fine whatever yeah you're right he he took every shot and scored okay that's fine whatever like but yeah it was very much at this time it was like you know anytime they would lose a game and and, and maybe he would like oh he needs to assert himself more he's got like 45 points like you know and that's the best play if you're getting triple teamed like you know passing to you know Daniel Marshall's not always gonna make the shot but maybe he does sometimes but the thing that I love most about this is you're listing all these guys like who the hell are these guys you know what I mean LeBron is still playing and you mentioned Michael Ruffin, Daniel Marshall Gilbert Arenas, Damon, jo- like that feels like 40 years ago. Like, it's, you know, and it is a long time ago, but it's just funny how, like, LeBron, his career spans such an ungodly amount of time that those names feel like, like, Michael Ruffin. (laughs) Like, how, I know we're making, we're making Curtis Harris's blood boil by just even mentioning Michael Ruffin, but like, Michael Ruffin was in the league and like playing substantial minutes when LeBron was like three or four years into his career already. Like, what are we talking about? He's still going. He's still good. It's just unbelievable how long this guy's career has gone. Like, Michael Ruffin. (laughs) Michael Ruffin. does it feel like Michael yes. Ruffin played like 45 years ago? But <laughs> it, does, it feels like a long time, yes. Uh,
1: for sure. Daniel yeah, Marshall. Fun, fa- <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact that I have to mention as an Ohioan, uh, when the Cavs advanced to play the Pistons in the next round, it was the first time that major professional teams from Michigan and Ohio had met in a postseason series or game since 1957, uh, and the uh, Cavs did take the heavily favored Pistons to a, a tough seven-game series that they ultimately lost. In fact, they had a three-two lead in that uh, series as well. LeBron did play very well in that series, despite the uh, despite the loss there. So, um, but you know, given where he was in his career, it was uh, a, you know a uh, loss to a very.
2: Incredible Pistons team at that at that point was uh, completely reasonable. Absolutely, yeah, they were a veteran team as well. So it's you know it's obviously still a very young LeBron at that point, young you know uh, kind of a mishmash Cleveland team or whatever. But yeah, to still take them that closely is 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 definitely remarkable. And yeah, it doesn't probably get enough credit. Um, And we should mention this game as well since we're speaking about the Pistons and we're talking about the early LeBron Cavs Uh, game five of the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals. Cavs win 109 107 in overtime. But the real story is LeBron's historic performance. And you have probably watched this YouTube video if you weren't alive for it. But it is an incredible one. Um, about midway through the fourth quarter, James has 19 points. The Cavs are leading 79-78. Uh, it's about 60, about six minutes left, uh, in the game. Uh, LeBron then hit a 17-foot jump shot, and then over the next 16 minutes of the game, he would score 29 of Cleveland's next 30 points, including the team's final 25 points on 11 of 13 shooting from the field. He'd force overtime on a driving dunk with nine seconds remaining, and then finish the game off in double overtime with a driving layup with just two seconds left. Unbelievable game yeah. If you've never seen this performance, go see. And, and Detroit knows that LeBron's scoring on them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were like, oh, well, you know, keep an eye on, you know, David Jones in the corner there. They were like, no, we know that LeBron's going to try. It didn't matter. He was just on another level at this point, too. Driving, shooting. It just was unbelievable what he was doing. Uh, and what's important about this game, too, Cleveland would go up 3-2 in this series. They would then win game six. And like you said, vanquish what happened the prior year. Uh, LeBron would reach his first NBA finals. They would, of course, lose to the Spurs, which again was another veteran team and the Cavs were just not made for it. When, you know, when Drew Gooden's your second best player, probably not. For uh, an NBA play uh, an NBA title, but uh, the final line for LeBron in that game: uh, forty eight points, seven assists, nine rebounds in over fifty minutes of game, uh, thirty eight point one game score. It's actually tied for his twelfth best game score of all time, which is pretty funny when you score you know twenty nine to thirty points, including twenty five straight. Uh, it's only your twelfth best game score of all time because you are a good player and your name is LeBron James. So
1: yes, you. Pretty good, LeBron James. That's a, a key takeaway from the show. He's not bad. <laughs> right, that's our
2: description for the show. LeBron, pretty yeah. good at basketball. Like, pretty like good. Like Joe Kim Noah, like Joe Kim Noah's quote. He's a very yeah. good well, basketball player. <laughs> I guess we agree with Joe Kim Noah then. So, yeah, there you go. Uh,
1: so, LeBron has five buzzer beaters uh, buzz- in his career. Um, the And we've talked about some of them already, but it's worth recapping uh, them. The first uh, was uh, on May 5th, 2018, just recently, the... Um, The Raptors had uh, staged a huge second half rally in game three. They fought uh, from 17 down to tie the score 103-103 with eight seconds left in regulation. Uh, Rather than put the uh, Raptors in a position to keep their season alive, uh, LeBron uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to, create a legendary moment by taking the ball full court, dribbling to the left side of the key and uh, having a one handed runner off the glass to uh, give the Cavs a three O lead in that series and completely just, you know, eliminate any chance of course that the uh, Raptors had of getting back into that series after playing a tough and uh, spirited game. And I, I think I misspoke earlier in, in saying that that, that shot came in game one of the series, but actually came in, as we're saying here, game three of that series. So uh, so obviously an incredible one. And in terms of the degree of difficulty, probably the toughest one that he has on this list.
2: Yeah, no, this uh, this one, uh, April 25th, 2018 Cavs versus Pacers, game five. And this is the one we mentioned as well. Uh, Indiana fought back late. It was a 95-95 tie, uh, and they had a chance to win. James came up with a huge block in Victor Aladipo, a really fun uh, game here in Cleveland, gained a possession of the ball with three seconds left. LeBron caught the ball, took two dribbles to his left, and nailed the three-pointer from about 45 feet away. <laughs> so it was some ridiculous, it was pretty far away. Other well, 45 feet, obviously, but very far away. Nailed the three-pointer, and yeah, just gets a win uh, in a huge game five, too. Really a, a transformative game five. The Pacers won that game, um, really different series maybe, and then they really have a chance at actually um, – you know, taking the series, but uh, Cavs come and, and, and obviously defeat that. And we we'll beat them in seven, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, it's a recent memory. You know this. You remember this game. We not have to tell you all about this one. Yeah. This is in history. <laughs> happened two weeks ago. You're good. Or two or three well, weeks ago. You know it, this. It's, it it's
1: technically history. It is technically history. But come on. It was three yes. weeks ago. You can look it up on your yeah. own. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, so another one a little bit further in the past, uh, May 10th, 2015, uh, Cavs versus uh, Bulls. Uh, I guess this is the last time that uh, LeBron uh, owned uh, the Bulls, if if I'm not uh, mistaken. So, uh, yeah, because this was the end of the Thibodeau era. So uh, game four of the series, uh, Chicago actually was ahead in the series 2-1 and had built a 11-point lead late in the game. But the uh, Cavs rallied. Uh, they took the lead for a bit, but then they had seen that lead disappear with less than 30 seconds left in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Derek Rose tied the game uh, with 8.4 seconds left on a driving layup. The Cavs had the ball with no timeouts left, uh, and um, LeBron tried to win the game on a layup from the right wing, but his shot was blocked uh, out of bounds. And uh, there was some there was some issue here. Yeah, this yeah, this was the game where David Blatt. Uh, attempted to call the timeout that didn't exist and the referee i believe it was scott foster basically ignored him and uh because if they hadn't then the Cavs would have you know lost the ball and the the uh bulls would have had a a shot in that situation and basically the Cavs would not have been able to win the game right but, right yeah i forgot uh, about that
2: yeah <laughs> and it's obvious too in the replays that he's like very feverishly calling for a timeout and foster yes. just not listening. and like, tyloo runs out and like you know tries to stop him from doing it yeah. so
1: yeah and but um Matthew Delvedova inbound inbounded the ball to the baseline from James, uh, who popped out in the left corner for a three-pointer that uh, led led the Cavs to win the game, tied the series, and they would ultimately uh, vanquish the Bulls uh, from there. And this was also – that was a a – much was made there where LeBron uh, overruled David Blatt on what the, the play was and uh, decided to call his own number for what was probably a less efficient shot, but he was able to uh, to,
2: to pull it out and uh, to and to and win the game. Oh, the David Blatt era. Who could forget? <laughs> Next game here, May 22nd, 2013. Uh, Pacers-Heat uh, matchup, two of the best teams in the East Conference at that point. Uh, Pacers star Paul George did all he could to try and lead the Indiana to the win. Uh, first sent the game in overtime with a clutch three-pointer of his own and then nailed three free throws in OT to give the Indiana a 102 101 lead with 2.2 seconds left. Uh, That was more than enough time for James, though. uh, He took an inbound pass from Shane Battier, drove the lane to the left side, and nailed the layup to seal the 103 102 game, uh, the 102 win in game one. And this is our awesome series, too. It's kind of a fun little. I don't know if it's lost the time quite yet. Maybe in in a few years we'll see. But these uh, these Pacers Heat matchups were awesome. Like there was times where the Pacers legitimately looked like they could possibly upset the Heat. Roy Hibbert's the top of his game. David West is playing great. Paul George. You got Lance Stevenson blowing in the ears. We'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit because uh, obviously they're going to pop up in a lot of these worst games as well. But uh, yeah, some real fun series here, and I really hope that they don't get lost of time because they they were really really fun.
1: Yeah, they were yeah, they a lot of fun times during that time. Yeah, I I, I hope I'm, I'm hopeful. we'll get like a good book. Or a documentary, or both, that capture that heat era because that really like is is ripe for some deeper exploration and some more you know kind of behind the scenes and in depth and you know um, myth making type of stuff because that was some that was some great times and obviously it's been a little while since it hasn't happened been quite enough distance yet to have that kind of stuff for it but you know i'm i'm excited for to to delve into that stuff and learn more about that team and that era and and be reminded of things you know that i saw that you obviously just get lost in time and obviously those those pacers heat battles are certainly um you know up there yeah certainly uh so um and our last one uh already referenced it but uh, may 22nd 2009 the magic versus Cavs uh, game two this is i think was is. One of the more memorable uh, shots of LeBron's uh, career. It's definitely one of the top ones on the highlights. That you know, very distant uh, three-pointer that he took to win the game. Even though they the Cavs did not win this series, it still stands up there as one of their more remarkable ones. And uh, actually, the Magic had they were down twenty three in the, in the game, but they were able to take the lead ninety six ninety five. He just sure glue had a eleven foot jumper with, a one left on the, uh, with one second left on the with uh, one second left on the shot. To play, yeah, So it left one second left, and there, so there was very little uh, time left, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it was an inbound pass from a Williams, and LeBron basically only could uh, turn his shoulders toward the rim and fire, and he did. And it was, uh, it was dramatic game winner. So exciting stuff.
2: I remember this one as well, and I forget who, um, I forget who the guy there was. Uh, what the hell is his name? I should look it up. There was some terrible cast player that immediately ran up to him. Uh, what was, uh, what was that dude's name? Oh, my God. Here, let me look it up real quick. I, I know. Because I, okay. I remember, like, the first person he... Like, like now it's, like, Seti Osman is the guy who always, like, comes right away and, and <laughs> says, i got to find out who this guy is. Well,
1: they're in position. You need to be, the worst players need to be the ones who stand out there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, oh, they're Sasha not... Pavlovich
2: was the guy. I remember oh, him, like, okay. running up immediately. <laughs> and it's like the famous... is like LeBron jumping. <laughs> <laughs> and The first person he has to reach is Sasha Pavlovich. He's
0: yeah.
2: like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Seti Osman is the guy now who's just, like, right there, ready to do it. Like, yeah, man. Like, please let me come back next year <laughs> like I really want to but I think uh, you know to be fair I think um, I think Sasha played a lot that I mean I, I know he, he didn't like produce all that much but I think he played a uh, yeah I, lot. I think he was playing like he played a lot
1: in 2007 I think by 2009 he wasn't playing quite as much
2: yeah but, maybe I mean, maybe it wasn't yeah. him maybe I maybe I'm getting the wrong guy maybe I'm mixing up uh, game okay. players. but maybe let me yeah I oh, know he, he was still on the team there now was still on the team all right it was definitely him yeah then. yeah it was definitely him. okay all right so good confirmed <laughs> yes right confirmed. You, guys, so,
1: you guys were all curious and it, it was Sasha Pavlovich so there you go yes so we we wanted to uh, track LeBron's career playoff highs in uh, each category. So uh, so I thought that might be fun. In points, we've mentioned both these games, but uh, four eighty nine points in um, a, a May twelfth, twenty fourteen against Brooklyn. May twentieth, two thousand nine um, against the uh, against the Magic uh assists is a his most is 14 which he's done uh, three different times and um rebounds is a 19 on uh, May 13th 2010 against Boston uh and of course the, the was an infamous series for him but certainly uh he had a good effort there in that game uh six steals on May 15th 2012 against Indiana five blocks May 7th 2011 against Boston and uh, his highest game score is we talked about May 20th 2009 against uh, Orlando the first game we talked about in this series um for some reference it is the 13th best playoff game score in nba history number one is charles barkley's uh 52.6 which happened in the 94 playoffs against golden state uh most three pointers was uh, seven it was april 30th 2006 against the wizards and most minutes was may 5th 2006 against uh, the wizards
2: as well so 53 minutes yeah, a lot of minutes there. Um, all Thanks. right, let's get to worst games here. So these are the worst games of LeBron's playoff career. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because uh, this week, um, Nylon Calculus, uh, Bo Schwartz Madsen wrote a piece about, uh, LeBron's worst playoff games and they used, you know, obviously some fancy graphs as Nylon Calculus wants to do. <laughs> so it's good stuff there. Also uh, check that out. I believe if you just look up LeBron James playoff highs and lows, it- it'll come up here. So a lot of the same games we reference here, uh, they talk about. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, this is going to be a hot take and-, and surprising to people, but it turns out LeBron has had more good games than bad, uh, in the playoffs. So that is, uh, that is, uh, <laughs> You know, you can take that as a as a fact that you can go to, you know, your your water cooler and say, Hey, you know, I found out that LeBron's had more good playoff games than bad ones. You know that. Anyway, uh two famous bad games of James's career that uh we're gonna talk about here. They don't uh they don't rank out as like his all time worst, but they're definitely ones that um historically and and, and uh, narratively have, have kind of popped up a little bit. Uh, May 11, 2010 versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, it's a 32-point loss by the, uh, the the Cavs versus the Celtics. LeBron scores 15 points on only 3 of 14 shooting, as 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Uh, his game score was 9.1. It ranked as the 11th worst playoff game score uh, of his career. So not, uh, not the worst, but uh, not great either. Um, more than anything though, the loss put LeBron's Cavs down 3-2 in the Eastern Semis. Uh, this is a team that had won 61 games in the regular season. This was also LeBron's uh, contract year, so tensions were very high. The Summer LeBron was on the way here, and the Cavs basically thought that if they uh, didn't win the NBA Finals, that he was probably going to be gone, and they would correct in that assumption, because the Cavs of course would lose the next game, fail to make even the Eastern Conference Finals, and then he'd move on to uh, Miami, and uh, obviously take his talents to South Beach and whatnot, but... um a, a quote from the game score as well it said his team's down 27 points and a promising season suddenly in per, uh, peril LeBron James walked off the floor to a smattering of booze and a row of empty seats. If this is goodbye Cleveland, it wasn't the send off he imagined. And this uh, is important because had he not come back to Cleveland, this would have been his last game uh, as a Cavalier. Uh, Cause this was the last home game here. They lost obviously in game six. Uh, if they had won game six, game seven would have been in Cleveland and that would have been a very tense game as well. But uh, of course they lost in six. So it did not happen. And then LeBron moved on to a, uh, I yeah. guess greener pastures? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it was for, for, you know, eventually it was, but. Yeah.
1: I went to game one of that series and, uh, you know, Cavs won by eight. You know, it was a fairly. Um you know, they didn't have too much of a hard time. It was a competitive game, but it wasn't like, you know, there, there was no fear at that point that, you know, they weren't going to win the series. It just, they, they seemed like clearly the favorites uh, uh, d- during that time for whatever reason. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Boston creamed them pretty well in uh, Game 2, and then Cleveland won pretty thoroughly in Game 3 to... um you know, it's kind of they were kind of season control there. And then, yeah, Boston just kind of took over uh, from there and, um, and what won the next three games, most of them pretty handily. So especially that game five that, you know, is kind of the, the most infamous one mm-hmm. um, there just because it just, yeah, just, he seemed like he's very passive. He yeah, seemed like that's he just what I recall wasn't the most of into, that, like. into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he apparently had a elbow injury at the time that was, you know, limiting him and uh, so forth. And, um, yeah, and again, it's more of a bad game by his standards as opposed to you uh, know like you know like a. You know, like a um a bad game for anybody else, you know. It was it was like, yeah, it wasn't a good game, definitely. But I mean, he was still co- contributing on a lot of levels. Um, and any, if you watch it, he definitely something didn't seem right there. And there was, of course, a lot of people kind of felt like he was quitting on Cleveland, which I don't think is entirely fair. But um, but nevertheless, that was kind of the reputation at the uh, at the time. Yeah, no,
2: and I remember that being the, being the game stories is all LeBron's given up on him, and then like in game six, he has an incredible game and does everything that he can to have them win. But yeah. it's just like they were just you know... yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, awesome he, had, yeah, I mean game, it, yeah. he had like ten turnovers in that game too.
1: But I mean, he. The effort was certainly there. Sure. You know? Yeah, the, right, right. It wasn't his most effective game ever, but, yeah, he definitely,
2: um, you know, he was he was putting everything that he – it seemed like he was putting everything that he could yeah. into it. Th- this one definitely stood out, though. There was a weird – something weird in this game that just didn't quite feel right for him. And Yeah, yeah, like yeah no question. It could have been something. It could have been maybe yeah. his mortality, you know, <laughs> yeah. awareness of well, mortality well, or something. I don't know what the hell was going on in this yeah. game, but it was, a- it was and definitely and a weird
1: one. Th- there's, I think a common thread in this game and the game that you we're going to talk about in a second is that LeBron has this weird thing where – you know he just he does seem to get very passive and very tentative in certain situations where maybe just it's something where he's so smart about basketball and just such he knows you know almost everything that you know he's famous for his memory is famous for like knowing everybody's place he has this you know his vision is able to kind of like see what guys are doing and you know what kind of everything that's going on and if there's something that he can't figure out it just seems to like um really rattle him you know a certain thing it doesn't happen that often obviously but obviously Obviously, it's happened in two very big situations in his career that have, um, you know, for better or worse, not, not defined him because obviously he's come through in so many great situations and has all these things, but have kept, you know. Have been ammunition for his critics that don't want to see him as being as you know great as he has been in his career.
2: Yeah, and this is another game that you mentioned here, June 7, thousand eleven, versus the Mavericks. This is in the NBA Finals. Uh, Heat were up in the series two one. Uh, James in this game scored only eight points on three of eleven shooting. He added seven assists and nine rebounds. Like we said, even when he's bad, it's it's still pretty good. Uh, but interesting, this was the first time in the two thousand eleven playoffs that LeBron failed to score double figures. And for more fun facts, this is one of only two times in his career. And this is in. Including this year and including you know today uh, that LeBron has failed to score in double figures. The other being May twenty eighth, two thousand fourteen versus Indiana. We'll get to that one here in a little bit. Uh, overall, this uh, this snapped a uh, four hundred thirty three consecutive double figure scoring game, uh, both regular season and postseason. So this was definitely an uncharacteristically low scoring game for LeBron. I uh, made three, only three of eleven shots. As we mentioned, he made a tip in during the first quarter, then a thirteen foot jumper and a breakaway dunk in the third, and uh, he failed to score in the fourth. And he took only one shot while playing twelve minutes. So, like, said it seems like one of those weird sort of oddly passive games that he has um Overall, James, he had a 5.9 game score, in this game is the fifth worst of his career. Uh, and moreover, the loss was the first of three in a row as Miami lost the NBA Finals to the Dallas Mavericks, of course, the first year of the Big Three Miami. Uh, James averaged only 19 points for the remaining two games, but uh, definitely wasn't his usual self because the rest of the playoffs, he averaged 25.1 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, and 5.6 assists per game. And that was in the previous 17 games, uh, that playoff series. So yeah, it was like a weird thing where he kind of, I, I don't know, yeah, it's one of those weird things like he just kind of. It's like, damn, Dallas has us, so whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just going to. Yeah. But, you know, he averages 19 points. Not bad, but, like, you know, when you're averaging 25, it, it, it definitely was uh, uncharacteristic. And I think it, it does also prove that, you know, teams go out of their way to stop LeBron. And this was a big thing in, in Miami, is where, you know, they. And, and this first year in Miami too, there was kind of an uncertainty of like who's going to take the big shots, who's going to take this shot. The next years, everybody kind of realized that LeBron's probably the best guy. And he should just kind of do most of the stuff, and and Wade and Bosh then kind of became not not necessarily secondary pieces, but definitely the the one B and one C to LeBron's definite one A. You, you know, where as this sure. it was like a very weird like okay, you know, LeBron, you know, Wade's turn, LeBron's turn. Sometimes Bosh gets his turn or whatnot, and and yeah, it was just like they hadn't quite figured out exactly the the, the formula, and had not quite figured out the team too, because if you remember, this Miami team was basically just like you know random ass you know old veterans and it was before they had really kind of built a, a nice team around uh the big three and you know guys like a Shane is and whatnot who are all really good contributors but yeah it's a interesting game yeah and this one in particular only one of two games where he scores under double figure or, or, or yeah under double figures on his entire career uh even to this point so it's pretty nuts that that just never happens and he had nine so he's really close but it just didn't quite uh right. didn't quite get there
1: yeah exactly yeah and he um yeah, it, you, as you talked about, like Miami at that point, I mean they obviously had great talent, but they it was not a great fit, and they hadn't figured out the style they really wanted to play either. That was going to kind of maximize everything. And they would figure that out quickly. But yeah, uh, LeBron, you know, talked about after the Toronto series this year of you know Dwayne Casey was you know the the top defensive assistant for the Mavs that year, and talked about how like you know, he didn't play well in that series that Dwayne Casey, you know, designed some great defensive schemes that, you know, really took him out of the uh, game. And, you know, of course they had, um, the Mavericks had you know, Tyson Chandler, they're protecting the rim, you know, they had some pretty good guys to defend um, LeBron, like, uh, you know, Marion and, and and such. So they, you know, they had good personnel to do it. But, um, but LeBron kind of credited that for as being a turning point for him to kind of like, Need to he need to be more versatile and needed to be able to, to do more things so he was, you know, um, more difficult to, to stop. And that obviously led to what we t- talked about before with, you know, adding the versatility and adding, you know, more variance in his career and, you know, being able to score from the post and being able to shoot better from outside, be more efficient and, you know, all that kind of thing. So he that was a big lesson for his, for his career. And he hasn't really had, I mean, obviously he's had bad games since then, but he's not had the same kind of like, you know, seemingly fail like in the big moment. Like every time... The big moment has come. Now, his team hasn't always won, obviously, but I feel like there's never really been a situation since then where it doesn't feel like LeBron, you know, didn't deliver like he should, ha- should have is you know, in quotes there. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Alright, so other games that were bad. Getting uh, getting back to Boston. Uh, four of LeBron's ten worst playoff game scores came against Boston there, his nemesis. <laughs> uh, the worst of all, though, May 6th, uh, 2008 versus Boston game, one of the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2008, of course. LeBron has a negative 0.7 game score, which is actually the worst ever for both his playoff and regular season. Uh, the regular season worst was a uh, random negative uh, 0.1 versus the Warriors in January of 2006, so just a random game here. Uh, Boston's stifling defense held LeBron to only 12 points. I said only, you know, obviously 12 points is still pretty damn good. Uh, two of shooting though, zero of six from three, ten turnovers, and uh it's actually pretty remarkable how close LeBron comes uh to a triple double in this game. it's like his worst playoff game as I said, like an unquestioned worst playoff game. Twelve points, nine assists, nine rebounds. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like on its on its face if you to look at, you know, not the shots and, and the turnovers and whatnot, like a near triple double in your worst game uh, is definitely uh not too bad here. But um uh, LeBron after the game says, I missed a lot of shots I know I can make. Uh, I missed layups. Those layups I've made my entire life, so he's definitely dejected afterwards. Uh, worst of all, Cleveland lost the opening game of this series 76-72. to that's a, that's a gross <laughs> final score there, but uh, Cavs coach Mike Brown says he had a tough time, and he's entitled to it. Knowing him, he will definitely bounce back in Game 2, and yes and no. Uh, LeBron uh, scoring was better in Game 2. He got 21 points, but still 6 of 24 shooting with 7 turnovers. Uh, Cavaliers dropped Game 2 as well. Uh, LeBron would eventually get back on track later in the series, scoring. 35 32 and 45 in the final three games of the series ultimately though cleveland would fall in the semifinals and boston was on their way to an nba championship this is the first year of course of the big three uh, garnett allen and pierce uh cavaliers come back strong the following season winning six six games and then obviously the hero turkle thing happened and then you know other you know the history as we know then the next year boston happened again and then they took us down to south beach but uh yeah this is his worst overall game negative 0.7 game score against the warriors still 12 points nine assists and nine rebounds though so not bad yeah, not 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 too bad. So, uh, some other
1: clunkers. Um, May 28, twenty fourteen, against uh, Indiana. This was Game Five of the Eastern Conference of Finals. Uh, the uh, Pacers were desperate to keep their uh, season alive at this point uh and they played the one of the most fantastic games that they had ever played uh and while forcing LeBron into one of his worst uh LeBron battled foul trouble all night which he's pretty rare in um his career he doesn't generally deal with a lot of a foul trouble whether it's just he's good at avoiding fouls or the refs call it that way either way uh and yeah he had a playoff career low
2: of a 7 points
1: is that a, is that a, you know if that's a career regular season low as well or uh, you know what, let me find that let me, let me
2: find out yeah let me uh, let me do yeah. A yeah. quick little search while we're we're here because I uh, imagine that's yeah that's definitely got to be pretty uh pretty up there for sure. Let's, let's yeah see.
1: Uh, LeBron only had two rebounds and four assists in the uh, game. Um, and yet LeBron and the Heat lost. They were unable to close out the Pacers, forcing the series to a uh, Game Six. Uh, yeah, it was a rare rare stumble for the Heat in an elimination game in the Big Three era. Uh, three other times the Heat lost Game One on the road, but all three times they won the next four games to close out the series. Uh, and um. This game is also sort of famous for uh, Lance Stevenson being involved. Uh, this was the game where he attempted to enter the heat huddle, and later in the game, he blew in LeBron's ear. LeBron's quote was from it was, I'm just here to play basketball, man. All the extracurricular activities, I don't really get into. Just trying to win. We need one more win to get to the finals. That's my only concern. All the extra stuff, whatever Lance wants to do, I don't really care about that. <laughs> and, uh... LeBron would do okay. Uh, Respond to game six, he would score 25 points, 8 of 12 shooting, and uh, Miami would make the uh, finals for the uh, fourth uh, straight season. Uh, Things would not go so well in the uh, finals as they would uh, lose to the Spurs, and LeBron would... Take his talents well to uh to to Lake Erie uh, (laughs) because so not quite as exciting as South Beach. No, no,
0: (laughs) It's gone well for him in Cleveland. I've never been. You've
1: obviously. So you can right. uh, I I've been. I mean, it's a nice enough lake, but it's not quite South Beach. I don't mean to betray Ohio on that, but that's it's true.
2: Yeah, uh, as far as uh, playoff or or regular season career lows, uh, his worst ever is versus Houston. He had three points. This is only in seventeen minutes, so I don't recall what happens in two thousand four. Um, maybe he got hurt or twisted an ankle or something like that. He only took five shot and he he missed all five shots that he took. So. I'd imagine there's something there because, yeah, he never really plays, only 17 minutes. Yeah. Um, it, it was a rookie, maybe just yeah, yeah. Just yeah I have no very idea. early on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, other ones, he scores four uh, against the Clippers in 2003. You're going to notice a, a theme here. Uh, then six, uh, 2003 against Pistons, uh, seven, 2003 against Denver. Like And these are really early. I mean, these are November games, you know what I mean? So this is like still yeah. – Cleveland hasn't decided, oh, we should just give the ball to LeBron
1: every single game and yeah. let him do everything. They, they haven't traded Ricky Davis.
2: Yeah, James right. Probably, Ricky's probably. still getting yeah, his so. at this point, yeah, right. unfortunately. Yeah, so. And then uh, 2007, a rare one against uh, Milwaukee as well. He scores uh, only eight points in 43 minutes. Uh, But otherwise, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's, in terms of double figure games or under double figure games, got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, only eight his entire career under double figures and one of them is definitely a game where he got hurt and the others are like his rookie years so incredible yeah and, yeah oh shit yeah, yeah. so right. all but so seven of the next seven of the other ones are like the first month of his rookie year That's <laughs> incredible okay, so right yeah, it's, like yeah yeah so yeah. it's basically just ricky davis taking shots that he doesn't need to be taking because lebron should be taking them so that's about it yeah. so otherwise if you get ricky davis out of the equation lebron scores double figures pretty much guaranteed uh-huh. every single so, game so
1: so worth noting that, uh, LeBron has only fouled out twice in his, uh, playoff career. Uh, they, um, and they were both were losses, June 2- 3rd, 2012 against Boston and May 28th, 2013 against Indiana, uh, in 2012 against Boston, LeBron still had 29 points, 12, 15 shooting. Um, and, uh, Mikael Pietras drew the, uh, critical <laughs> foul foul on LeBron. I forgot that he played for the Celtics, uh, at, uh, at, at that point. But, uh, and uh, also, interestingly, Paul Pierce fell out of the game. By this point, he'd only done that five times in 11 games in his uh, career. Uh, this was uh, this was a really tough series for Miami against a you know Boston team that definitely was aging and was dealing with injuries, but uh, Miami would eventually win the series and win the NBA title against Oklahoma City, but it would uh, take uh, seven games to do so against uh, Boston. I, I know that LeBron had one of, we didn't mention it, but LeBron had one of his most incredible games in his uh, career uh, in this uh, series as well, especially considering the circumstance of you know being down 3-2 in that uh, series and you know uh the disappointment that would have been felt had they lost that series and you know the criminations about you know whether this heat thing was working out at that point
2: you uh, certainly would have been felt absolutely uh next game that uh, falls out is against indiana 2013 as we mentioned i uh, like the boston game uh, lebron scored pretty well and played pretty well he had 24 points on eight of eight, uh, eight of 18 shooting uh filed out in a loss similarly uh this is game four of the it's so, a kind of remember. So we talked about the game before against Boston here, are the similarities here. So this was game four of the Easter conference semifinals. It was a game that allowed the team to tie the series at two in a series that LeBron's heat would eventually win in seven games. So it's exactly the same scenario as the year prior and all those things. all you do is swap out Boston with Indiana, but, uh, James was called for a technical foul in the first quarter, and he had four fouls over the final 12 minutes of the game. The last was an offensive foul. Uh, after walking from one end of the court uh, to the Miami bench, uh, James then sat dis- uh, disbelievingly on the media table and spent the final 56 seconds mumbling to the officials. Uh, and LeBron's quote was, it was a couple fouls that I didn't feel like were fouls, personal fouls I made, but that's how the game goes sometimes. So very rare uh, foul-outs there. By LeBron, And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it for, like, his really terrible games. Like, there's – you know, we'd really be nitpicking if we're like, yeah, this game, he had, like, a 15-game score. That really stunk, right? Like, there's not really many others, so. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty – that's pretty incredible,
1: obviously, that there are so limited number of games where, you know, he's um, (laughs) – you know where 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 you can say like oh yeah he was bad in that game i mean that that's just like almost uh yeah, that's it's almost hard to believe you know
2: yeah like his, just to give you an idea his sixth worst game worst game score here is a 6.7 he scores 26 points has nine rebounds and and two assists like it's you know it, it you really yeah. i mean in terms of games under 10 game scores there's only 12 of those under 10 uh, game scores so that's like yeah even his worst games he's still contributing pretty well and then we mentioned the two you know negative games that he has the, the negative 0.7 uh, and then negative zero. and then those are the only two negative game scores and that's it i mean that's right. you really otherwise you're just kind of nitpicking if you're picking games that you know he was you know 8 of 23 <laughs> like you know it's a with 24 points and 10 assists it's like all right yeah i mean i guess that's bad but,
1: but. yeah
2: right it, exactly yeah
1: yeah the uh the the most recent bad one was uh in the current series against boston on uh on May 13th, 2018, where he was, uh, it was 15 points, seven rebounds, uh, nine assists. Uh, there were seven turnovers, so that obviously that was high, uh, and on, only five of 16 shooting. So, uh, you yeah, know, obviously limited game there, but that's it, still, you know, con- contributing on a lot of levels despite the, um, you know, d- despite it obviously being on the lower end of LeBron's uh, games in his career.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and just kind of give you an idea where his numbers rank uh, compared to other all-time greats. Uh, criteria here, look, we're doing that 50-plus playoff games because obviously you don't want to just, you know, do five playoff games because some random dude might <laughs> it up here. So 50-plus playoff games, it feels like you're probably a, a pretty great player if that's going to happen here. Uh, and yeah, as far as the overall playoff numbers, just to kind of give you an idea, this is as of this recording here, 230 and games recording this, as we mentioned on, on Sunday, uh, the, the 20th, May 20th. Uh, 230 games, 49 win shares, averages of 28.7 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, and 7 assists per game. Uh, Michael Jordan has the next closest win share total at uh, 39.8 uh, over 179 games. So obviously a far fewer games, uh, but pretty close. In terms of win shares, about ten down and win shares. Uh, Jordan's averages thirty three point four points per game, six point four rebounds per game, and uh, five Seven assists per game. I just get an idea here. Only Derek Fisher, Tim Duncan, Robert Ory and Kareem have more total playoff games than LeBron, uh, who obviously he has the added benefit of you know the seven game series in the first round. But still, it's still very impressive. Uh, and he's twenty nine games away from Fisher, so he almost inevitably will become the all time leader. Like I think, I think it's probably understood that LeBron will probably have twenty nine more playoff games in his career unless anything you know awful happens in the next uh, little while. But uh, yeah, he almost inevitably will become the all time leader uh, in playoff games. Uh, and after uh, LeBron and Jordan. Uh, Duncan is third in total win shares uh, at uh, 37.8. So his averages, Tim Duncan's averages, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, 20.6 points per game and 11.4 rebounds per game. Uh, Kareem, over 237 playoff games. His average is 24.3 points per game uh, and 10.5 rebounds per game. And, of course, those numbers are pretty – I mean, if you look at his you know first half of his career, I'm sure those numbers are way more gigantic. But you know some of those later Lakers – playoffs where he was just kind of a, I want to say a role player because obviously still played an important part of the game, but his scoring figures weren't, weren't quite as gaudy as high. So I'm sure that kind of dragged it down a little bit here, but, um, it just kind of give you an idea in terms of where he ranks in terms of those different stats. Uh, only Jordan, Jerry West, and Kevin Durant have higher scoring averages than LeBron. Uh, and LeBron has more assists per game and more rebounds per game than every single one of those guys as well. So, you know, those three score a little bit more than him, but LeBron definitely has more assists and rebounds per game than those. Uh, and just to give you an idea, this is I thought was fascinating too. The only guys with higher assists per game than LeBron in all-time playoff games are Magic Johnson, John Stockton, John Rondo, Chris Paul, Oscar Robertson, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Johnson, Steve Nash, Bob Cousy, Jason Kidd, and Russell Westbrook you and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I mean that's a pretty I mean to be among that list is, is is definitely I mean those guys are all you know a few of them I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook is is a big time scorer and a few other guys are pretty good at scoring but a lot of those guys are known as, as as some of the elite point guards of all time and LeBron's right up there with them and he's also just you know an elite scorer an elite rebounder and all that sort of stuff so it's uh it's just crazy I mean LeBron good and uh, very good in the playoffs as well just un- unbelievable yeah. output <laughs> playoff uh, uh, historically for for him yeah we
1: we agree with Joe Kim absolutely yeah he's very good so. So yeah, um, yeah, great stuff, Rich. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, delving into some some things that we, that we remembered, but some things I definitely hadn't uh, thought about in a while. So it was uh, it was good to check some of that out. I might uh, revisit that uh, Wizards Cavs series from two thousand and six. See some of those uh, game winners and some excitement there. I don't know if the style of basketball will be my favorite, but that's okay. It's a uh, I think the excitement there will uh, match up. Plus, getting some prime Gilbert
2: Arenas. He was a fun player to watch. Oh yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, I mean he's obviously been yeah. lost to. The, you know to time yeah. for for better or for worse he was, he, was
1: <laughs> he, he wasn't very good but he was pretty good
2: yeah exactly yeah guess. it was it was fun yeah. to watch him i mean more, more than anything it was just fun because he he definitely represents a different era um you know kind of the the late gunner era and he definitely works well and it's a fun team too i mean the, the wizards had a had a bunch as long as they're not wearing those hideous gold uniforms i'll watch the game oh, but yeah. i'm not i'm not uh, watching right, anyone wearing the gold i i, 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 I refuse right. to do I,
1: it <laughs> i can i can respect and understand that
2: yeah so
1: <laughs> that's for sure all right uh, yeah
2: this is fun this is really good i enjoyed this
1: Yeah, well, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. Uh, You can uh, find us uh, at the uh, Step Back at uh, fansited.com. We are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, pretty much anywhere where you uh, listen to uh, podcasts. If you want to uh, give us a rating and review on your favorite uh, podcast player, we would greatly appreciate it. It uh, it helps other people find the show, and it, more importantly, it satisfies our egos, which are you know very fragile. Mm-hmm, so, very uh, so positive reviews are appreciated. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Over and Back NBA in both places. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we're we'll back again soon.